Welcome to Snark Marks, everybody. We are a very funny podcast out of the Central Valley of California. I'm Andrew. That's Dusty. Hey, hey. I talked to we in this episode. Um, I'd make some corrections because I I muffed up a couple times last week. Uh, we talk about Oppenheimer and Barbie because Dusty saw both. I saw Oppenheimer. I saw Jimmy Eat World. We talked about that briefly. Um, we talk about the Creed Cruise, uh, which is uh, probably my favorite part of the episode and uh, an, a nightmare I'm going to have going forward, I believe. Um, and then uh, Dusty, we do the Spotify game a little bit. And then Dusty tells us the the, the harrowing tale of the, uh, the, the failed Broadway play spider-man turn off the dark don't you dusty i do indeed and what a harrowing tale it is oh man as harrowing as harrowing gets so let's play that theme song Dusty. Andrew, <laughs> what's up? Oh, you texted me the other night. Yeah, <clears throat> so I'm giving you a wide. I'm giving you all the runway, dude. You've got all the clearance. I appreciate I that. Sent, I sent all the other planes to LaGuardia. Uh huh. It's just you. You said that you need to make a couple of corrections, which, by the way, in the history of our friendship, rarely have I made you. <laughs> rarely have I known you to make a concession. Well, yeah, you don't have to concede when you're not wrong. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. I am a, um, I am fallible. Surprise, surprise. You know, um, these aren't big corrections, to be honest. But there were two okay. things that I heard in our last episode that annoyed me that I said. Um, I'll correct you on the spot because I know, you sure. know. Yeah. But then I heard what I said and I was like, oh, shit, I got that <laughs> way, way wrong. So I, I want to do two things. OK, yeah. first of all. You were right about uh, with the we were talking about the nuclear bomb and you said it's an implosion, right? You were half right. Okay, I'll tell you why. And I was wrong. (laughs) Well, I wasn't wrong. Well, I was wrong, but I I steered us in the wrong direction on that one. Mm -hmm. One of the bombs that was dropped on those two little poor Japanese towns. Right. I don't think they were little. Uh, I think by 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 intent, they were they were huge. We weren't going to bomb little towns. We want a lot of motherfuckers to die. You know what I mean? Um, one of the bombs, so the two different bombs, two different styles. One of the yeah. bombs was an implosion bomb. Is that uh, fat, fat man or little boy? I don't know. I, I, I really, I considered uh, remembering. I really right. thought about remembering, but I didn't remember. So one of them, and I don't know, I can't remember which one, which I think this, no, who cares? You know what I mean? Sure. Um, so there, here is bulletin board, big letters. You were wrong. Yeah. So so yeah. it's still an explosion. That's why I'm only half wrong, because it's like it still explodes. But I, I wanted to bring this up because it's really fascinating. Uh, so so there's two types of bombs. Right. Everybody, you, you're listening to, you know, bro, bro physics corner at this point. OK, yeah. so there's, there's two types of bombs that we dropped. One was the was the, uh, the they call a gun uh, style bomb where and this is really fascinating. They take two things of uranium one's like a cylinder and the other one is a rod right yeah and uh i'm making the uh 
the the sex motion with my faint with my hand because that's basically <laughs> what they did so there's there's explosives on one side of the bomb when they want it to go because it was enough uranium to cause the chain reaction that causes a nuclear explosion but it had to be together so they put them separate in the bomb when they want the bomb to explode they shoot the cylinder at the rod and they they both they join together they cause the uh chain reaction uh releasing all the neutrons and kapui right yeah so the other one the implosion bomb that you were talking about was uh they take plutonium instead of uranium and it's not dense enough to have the reaction yet they have it in the bomb it's surrounded by like a dodecahedron and then they surround that with explosion explosives and then the explosives go off condensing the plutonium uh, in an implosion to right. then create the nuclear reaction that causes the giant explosion. Um, one of the bombs way bigger than the other one. Can't remember which one. I think it was the plutonium bomb. Who cares? A lot of people right. died. Um, and uh, the other thing was, uh, uh, th this was this was just a part of the same one. I've got another one, but part of the same one. Um, I said that it it exploded way off the ground, which it did, and I said it was it it, it, it that stops it from being more radioactive for a longer time, you know, because it decays before it gets in the soil. That is correct, but I said I think it was by design, but I'm not sure it was by design. But it wasn't by design because we don't want like we weren't being nice guys. It was by design because if it hits the ground and then explodes, it doesn't spread as wide and fewer people die. Sure. So it's not the best bomb if it does. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, it's a happy accident that it also means that the land's not irradiated for a thousand years. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That that is just almost an unfortunate side effect. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So that's that's number one. Number two. I'm really ashamed. Uh, I saw uh, 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 Jimmy World. Uh, they were amazing. I don't think we've talked about me actually going yet. Super cool. <laughs> Um, but pain by Jimmy Eat World, right? Yeah, I got the, I I got that song so wrong in the last in the last episode. Um, I thought it was uh, what's that other song? All I could say, or I should have said, let me take a rest. That that song, I yeah. thought that was pain. That's not pain. Pain is very clearly takes my pain away. You know what oh. I'm talking about? Well, I also, I mean, I doubled down with you on that one. Well, so I, I think... thought, so when I listened to it, I was like, was Dusty being nice? Cause he's got to know that that's different too. Cause like when I was, it hit me at the concert, yeah. like, like, uh, they're playing through their songs, and I'm like, okay, what other Jimmy World songs have I heard that they that they haven't played yet? That takes my pain away. Oh, that's pain. <laughs> so what's the what's the song that we're singing? It's, it's I think it's uh, hold on, it's like with a W. Uh, Does it work? Uh, I think it might be work. I think it might be yeah, work. Let yeah. me let me look this up. This one I'm not gonna I'm not gonna guess. <laughs> Yeah, because then Andrew's corrections corner has to make another appearance next week, which would be funny. A, yeah, work for the That's same. Work. It okay. it is work. Uh, so, yeah, I got pain way off. Uh, it was painful for me to <laughs> even hear that yeah. when I heard myself because I knew I was like, I think I fucking called that song something else. I thought, yeah. and then I heard it when I was I was listening to the episode. So uh, my bad, Andrew's corrections corner. Um, I I will continue to do this. If you know it continues, if it continues to happen, unlikely in the rare case, yes, let it be said that you will come back around. Take a picture, everybody. Yeah, yeah. 
Anyway, science uh, corner, Jimmy Will Corner. <laughs> yeah. Uh so show was good. Oh yeah. Uh yeah. the Greek the Greek is dope. Uh the Greek is it's cool for a hangout, right? Yeah. It's not the place you're gonna go to like it's cool. It's good for like an intimate show. A lot of people sitting, which I'm cool with. You know, the people I were with, I was with, I told them, I was like, look, there's going to be a lot of people sitting at this concert. And they're like, no, I'm standing the whole time. And I'm like, that's fine. The people behind you are likely going to be sitting at this concert. Yeah. Like, this is going to happen. Yeah. And uh, I stood, you know, occasionally. I didn't stand the whole time. I wasn't feeling well, to be honest. I got really sick uh, during Manchester Orchestra, uh, who was really good. And then there was a, another band that opened called The Middle Kids, or just Middle Kids, and uh, Australian female singer. And she is incredible. I fell in love with her. Okay. Um, unfortunately she is dating the bassists. So uh, I sent him some mean DMS. Right. She plays her guitar straight up upside down. She plays a right-handed guitar left-handed and doesn't restring the guitar. Oh man. That's a, like a, <laughs> that's a completely different mind game yeah. to have to deal with. I, imagine trying to teach her how to play guitar. Like if you're, you're like, listen, I can't, I, yeah, I do it this way. You have to do it the upside down version of this way, you know? To, for anybody that doesn't know, it's not uncommon for left-handed guitar players to play right-handed gu guitars. Kurt Cobain, uh, Jim, They're easier and, to find. And Jimi Hendrix both were left-handed guitarists that played right-handed guitars. But normally, you will restring the guitar so that it matches like you, what your fret hand is doing. It's yeah. crazy to imagine that she doesn't restring it. It took us a little bit to notice. Like I, I was like, "Oh shoot, she plays left-handed." Oh, cool, it's a left-handed guitar. And then later on, I'm like, "Wait a second, she didn't restring that guitar because, like, even the strap was connected upside down. She just literally yeah. took a right. She takes a right-handed guitar, doesn't modify it at all, and just, just flips that shit over and plays guitar. And um, she was awesome. She's an incredible singer. Um, and uh, Manchester Manchester Orchestra, I was correct, is a perfect Greek theater uh band uh they yeah. were they went hard like it's not like they're like a, a soft band they went hard but they they the i advise you to check them out they're really cool uh jimmy world was um like really really good they they were really good <laughs> yeah i don't know because i know you said that you talked to some people that had given you negative feedback about the jimmy world live show i i've never heard that the live time i saw them they were great uh it's good to hear that it's uh still true apparently yeah so. i can't remember who it was um who told me that but um I've, I've i think i've heard it from multiple people that they're like hey they're not very good live and i'm like when did they suck like how did this band suck <laughs> i see how blink 182 sucked every once in a while time tom didn't care you know but yeah. um yeah they were incredible and they uh they uh the i didn't know so i had heard the middle a million times in my life everybody yeah. has just take some time I didn't know what that song was about. I didn't really listen to it. You don't, because it sounds like it just takes some time to damn it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you don't know yeah. what she's, what he's saying. So apparently the story of that song is it, it the, the line goes, it just takes some time. Little girl, you're in the middle of the ride. Everything, everything will be just fine. Everything will be all right. And it's apparently a, um, a fan, a young female fan sent him a letter about how you know she has a really hard time with life and she she's like a teenager or something like that and she 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 doesn't fit in very much and their music really uh helps her and all that stuff so he wrote that song for her and he kind of like he didn't talk about that at all like he didn't talk about like that girl or anything specifically right. 
but he gave like a speech before the song and then sang the song and it was um, it was beautiful they they they, they ended with it um and uh the, the crowd was like uh singing it it's weird like so the greek theater has a 96 decibel maximum um you can't turn the band up Oh, um, interesting. Okay. Yeah, because it's in a residential neighborhood. Like that right. going up to the Getty, there's houses there and you can't yeah. go any any higher than 96 decibels. So, I am fucking great with that. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I don't like loud noises. <laughs> right. They spook you. <laughs> they spook me. Like I don't yeah. I don't like them. So, uh but people that I was with and other people I saw online were talking about like my ears weren't even ringing after the show. And I'm like, I was, I was talking to people that I was with uh, the, cause I was with a, um, my friend and his kids and one of his kids was 14 and his kids said the same thing. Like my, I want my ears to ring after a show. And I'm like, look, I get it. I've been to shows when I left my ears were ringing and it was fun. And like the ear ringing wasn't fun, but the process of obtaining the ear ringing was fun, yeah. but just know that's permanent ear damage. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that pitch is, you're never hearing that pitch again. It's so yeah, it's, it's yeah. It, you did like I and I get it. A lot of people listening here, like we probably have a large cross section of people who listen and like to go to live music. And I listen, I'm not gonna wear earplugs until I'm older because I just right. I feel like you hear it like muffled, you know. <laughs> also, um, I'm not a dork, so yeah, I'm, not, yeah. I'm super yeah. cool, but yeah. uh um you don't <laughs> you don't want to hurt your ear. I, I saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers during the Stadium Arcadium tour, a very expensive show with like 150 people there in a club. And uh, we were front row and they did, they always jam at the beginning. Yeah. Like they come out and jam. When they finished jamming, I went, yeah, I like screamed. <laughs> and I didn't hear myself scream because my ears had been blown away three minutes into an hour long set, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I mean, no one has to tell me like I play drums in a garage for the majority of my, my life. <laughs> so I've got that on top of all the times I went to punk rock clubs and watched punk rock bands, Yeah, you know, with 300 people right next to the, to the amplifier. Like it's not good. No. It was fun. It was fun. Then I'm so happy to sit in a chair <laughs> and be and be away from the sound because like when i saw the foo fighters it still blew me out and i was in the 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 seats not the super cheap ones but i was pretty far away and it still blew me out that's the crazy thing about like going to your big first big show like because i have little clubs and stuff like that it gets loud and stuff um going to your first big show you don't realize how loud this shit's gonna be you know yeah. uh and it's you know, so I was I was fine with it. Uh, a lot some people were underwhelmed because it wasn't loud enough, and they said that the, the they couldn't get the crowd going and stuff like that. But the the singer for Jimmy Eat World, like I can't remember what song it was, but he was singing, and then he stepped away from the mic to let the crowd sing, and you could you could see him go, "Holy shit!" Like just because yeah. the the crowd was <laughs> singing so loud. So the acoustics towards the band are really good, apparently. Um, but yeah, the, I, I like the Greek. I would love to go to a place, an, an, another show there. It is just like a really big hall. I mean, a really sm a much smaller Hollywood Bowl. Um, but you can't bring your own booze in. Like at the Hollywood Bowl, you can bring in your own wine and shit. Um, oh, yeah. You were going to possibly buy a drink. Did you, in fact, buy a drink? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it set you back. And I, I bought two drinks. 
Oh no! And one of them was a double. <laughs> I was gonna say you will never financially recover. No, no, dude. It was like it was like uh, I probably paid like fifty bucks Ooh. for those two are, drinks. Those are SoFi WrestleMania beers. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, uh, and that's the problem with some of those things is you order. There's no, the, the you know that it's expensive, and the, you know that they know they've got you when they don't put the price for anything out. And then it is just like beer. Eight, and then the, the, you're like, oh yeah, I'll take two. And then it's thirty six dollars. And then what do you do? Yeah. Like, well, they well, were. I, guess in, I paid thirty six bucks at the Greek. They were. Um, they would pour your drink before you know how much it cost. And they were. Um, as soon as you order a beer, they grab it and they crack it open, and then they put it in front of you. Uh, there's no option at that point right. you know well, that's so like because you bought the beers that you bought us at wrestlemania from a guy just walking up and down the stairs yeah so that guy doesn't have a sign he's just got a giant modello <laughs> that he's gonna give you and then you're gonna give him 18 dollars <laughs> for that modello yeah and i i felt bad when when uh we did the wrestlemania thing because i had to put my ass in people's faces to because i'm not gonna hand my debit card all the way down this line right. of people these guys seem cool i'm not gonna do that I'd feel right. very stupid if, you know, <laughs> so I like, excuse me, sorry, excuse me, excuse me. It was during, thankfully it was during like the, the Rousey, uh, who gives a fuck match. So, yeah. uh, but I was like, I was just standing there going, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. At least I'm small. <laughs> I kept giving them the little, yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, it's probably fine, but how stupid would you feel <laughs> if some dude just ran off with your debit card and then there's nothing, well, how are you going to get it back? Somebody yeah. just takes a picture of it really quick. I'm like, hey, what? Yeah. what are you? He's like, I didn't. What are you talking about? I didn't do that. Yeah. Uh, I will say the middle kids might uh, appeal to you because they have a song that's spelled like it's a Prince song. Uh, are you for me? Ah, that kind of sucks. Uh, my <laughs> generally, my rule is only Prince can. Prince and Tupac are the only two people who can right. who can spell like that. Um, and Weird Al, whenever he's parodying. Oh yeah, Prince. of yeah. course. And and Sinead O'Connor, rest in peace. Uh, yeah. When she play when she plays uh, Prince's song, did she did she? I think she spelled it like that. I bet Prince yeah, made no. it to her. I think Prince uh, like fist fought Sinead O'Connor. By the way, there's a story I listened to. Uh, there's a podcast I listened to called Sixty Songs That Explain the '90s. And I listened to it yesterday for the Sinead O'Connor episode, and it's Prince seemingly did some uncool stuff uh, whenever he invited Sinead O'Connor to his house, like a couple years after the Nothing Compares to You came out. I can't remember and what it was over. What was he mad at her about? He was mad that she cursed in That's interviews, and she was like, well, fuck you, She dude. told him, she said, like, <laughs> yeah. get fucked or fuck off or something yeah, like that. Like, and then um, there was something else, and then it was, he came out with two pillows and was like, I want to have a pillow fight with you, and then hit <laughs> Sinead O'Connor with it, and it apparently was loaded, according to Sinead O'Connor. Yeah, it had something in it. And so she fucking just books it because she's in the middle of nowhere. Prince went and, or Prince's people went and picked her up and then drove her to wherever Prince was. So she doesn't have any way to get back. So she just fucking bolted into the woods and then Prince found her on the, on the road and was like, get in the car. And she was like, no. And then somebody else came and found her and drove her back to her hotel or whatever. Oh, he yelled at 
uh, his brother Jerome because Sinead O'Connor wouldn't eat the soup. That, and, <laughs> That's what it was. So apparently, they just kept bringing out soup. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, and apparently, Sinead O'Connor said, "I never want to see Prince again, but I do have affection for Jerome." <laughs> and so, and Sinead O'Connor, like I could, I almost, I was gonna write something yesterday on Twitter. But then I was like, bah, you know, what's my voice thrown into this thing? Yeah, I, I can't pretend to be a huge Sinead O'Connor fan. I don't know any of her other songs. But if she only ever released Nothing Compares to You, all time. That's You, you know one other song? Do the, I know one other song? The, oh, fo- the, the Foggy the, Dew. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. the Conor McGregor walkout song. Yeah. But like, if she only released Nothing Compares to You, all time. That's yeah, like her version of that song is the version to me. She had such an incredible, weird, like voice and style. Like she, she sang very Irish. Yeah. Um, and she, um, she did a lot of cool things with that voice, like in terms of like the shape of her mouth, the way that she would change the tone and stuff like that. Um, she, she, she did the Pope thing, uh, to protest, uh, sexual abuse in the in the she ripped up a picture picture of the Pope on Saturday Night Live. That was a big deal. I remember. I don't know if I remember when that happened because I was I was probably really young when that happened. But I remember in the '90s, people still talking about that. At least you know. Yeah. Well, it's still one of the things that people are like. That's one of the think about how not. I guess weird it is that the ripping up of a picture because it is the Pope still holds so much power now. Like that people are upset about it now. And by the way, I think she's right. She's on the right side of that. Well, and this was, right. this was before it popped. So like this, this, right. this, this is when they were just like rumblings, I guess. Um, and, and it destroyed her career and she never took it back. Every time they asked her about it, she'd be like, I do it again. I do it 10 times. She she's said, like, I, that, I don't care. She said, she was like, it didn't cost me shit. She's like, it, all it did was cost all my record label execs and it, my agents, the houses in Antigua, they wanted to build on my name. Like she yeah. was like, I don't, I don't give a shit about the rest of that. So, um, yeah, I don't want to stay on this too long, but, uh, rest in peace. Uh, she was, she was a phenomenal singer, uh, very interesting person. And, yeah. uh, yeah, we're 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 I'm I'm glad that she existed. You know what I mean? Um yeah, I only write eulogies for comedians for the most part. Like those are the only people that I really feel anything about. <laughs> Except right. for like when yeah. Prince died, I you know, I I like pillow fights, big pillow fight guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh I, I was real beat up when Michael Jackson died, um, which yeah. is weird. I wasn't even that big of a fan until he did. That was like the a weird that was a weird time, Michael Jackson dying. Um but anyway, uh, D- Dusty, I have something that I thought of. I don't even know if this is going to be good, but I thought of this a, a couple weeks ago and I forgot about it. Okay. Um, and I've done my best to not, like I haven't researched this at all. I have not mentally researched this at all. Okay. Um, I want to see between us going back and forth, one one uh, alternating, how many NHL teams we can name. <laughs> okay so like if i know more i can't go again until you go well we'll see we'll see how far we make it uh we'll see how far and then and then we can continue if if one of us knows more than the other um okay 
Cause I really, like, I really don't know how many NHL teams I can name. Uh, I bet I could get. There's 32 of them. I bet between the two of us, we can get in the twenties. I, I might be true. able to, I might be able to get in the high twenties. I don't know though. I think that's true. So I've, I've got a uh, sporkle up. Uh, okay. This is a perfect way to do it. So uh, one of us says it and then, you know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, uh, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I'll go first. Classic San Jose Sharks. Best logo. <laughs> uh huh. That's a, that's a good one. I'm going Anaheim yeah. Mighty Ducks. Also, uh, great. is it is it just the Ducks now? Yeah, it's just the Ducks yeah, now. Yeah. Quack quack quack. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I will go with the Detroit Red Wings. Ooh, I pro- I might have forgotten that one, but that's very Ooh. famous. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Montreal Canadiens. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm Wait. Go- oh, Can- they spell Canadians with an E. Yeah. Okay. Because they're Canadian. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Mon with the uh, the Thrashers. I think it's the Nashville Thrashers. Really? Yeah. Okay, that is not coming up. Let me see if I just write Thrashers. <laughs> thrashers is not popping up. Um, There's not the. Oh no, maybe they switch. What about the Bobcats? The Florida Bobcats. <laughs> You're just making up names now. No, I swear. Uh, no, I I have the Florida one. I think. Okay, go ahead. I think it's well. You got to get one. Oh, okay. Uh, the Stars. Dallas Stars. Yeah. Uh, Florida Panthers. Panthers. Yes. So it's your yes. turn now. No thrashers? I don't know. <laughs> not a thrasher to be it's not, it's not popping up. I don't know. Okay. Um, we got to get there. We got to get the there. The Islanders. New York Islanders. New York Islanders. Ooh, I got a good one. Buffalo Sabres. The dreadlocked Rasta? R-E-S, by the way. Yeah. The weirdos. Uh, okay, the New Jersey Devils. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I spelled Jersey wrong. <laughs> uh, L.A. Kings. Oh yeah. Oh my God! I have to type Los Angeles. This is bullshit. I I had an L.A. Kings jacket that my mom made me give away because it it had loose gang affiliation. The jacket, not me. And I had to give my jacket away, and I loved that jacket. Your uh, your jacket had a rap sheet. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I'm going with the Colorado Avalanche. Ooh. Okay. I'm going Chicago Blackhawks. Okay. We might do better at this than I thought. The Vegas Golden Knights. Got to get that expansion team in there. Why is this not popping up? Is this not, is this an old quiz? We have to give (laughs) ourselves that point because that is a team. That is a hundred percent a team. Um, what is it just Vegas? That would be stupid. It is. It's just Vegas. Hey. <laughs> what the fuck? The, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, baby. Uh Toronto Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um shit. Uh the Blue Jackets. What city is that? Canadian. Oh, um, the no, the Blues, the St. Louis Blues. Give me the Blues. Good call. 
Good call. Um, yeah. Pivot. <laughs> Got to pivot away. Okay, now we're getting into the we're getting into the weeds a little bit now. Um, I'm trying to think. New York, Buffalo, California. How many more California teams are there? Nope. Uh, Colorado Avalanche. We already have. Dude, I hold on. Detroit Red Wings. We've got that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Florida. There's there's definitely not a Miami team. Um, there's the got to be a Minnesota team. <laughs> the Minnesota machine. Wild. Mm. There, you, there you are. Um, okay. That's now the half. That's half. <laughs> we're at half. We're at half. Um. Okay. Oh, the Penguins. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Penguins. Yeah. Good call. We're going to run out of time, bro. Yeah, hopefully it lets me keep answering after we run out of time because we're definitely going to run out of time. Um, We've got the Chicago team. We've got the Detroit team. Um, St. Louis. Trying to think of things that are up north, you know? Yeah. Edmonton Oilers. Oh. How do I spell Edmonton? Nailed it. Nice. Um, uh-oh. Oh. Uh, oh. Nina. Yeah, I gave them all to us. <laughs> Gosh dang it. Okay. I, I saw a couple of them that we missed. Yeah. Um, uh, so we got like 20. Yeah, I'd count 20. Uh, go <laughs> give up on the quiz so we could see what we what we didn't have. We got the... Uh, we missed the uh, the New York Rangers. Yeah. Hold on. It won't let me give up. Now we can give up. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah. I'll go away, you stupid asshole. Um, Calgary Flames. The Kraken. How did we forget the Kraken, dude? I, I had the Kraken in my back pocket because I was like, I don't need it for a while. Uh, uh, we would have never gotten Winnipeg Jets. I don't think either of well, us would have gotten Winnipeg Jets. Well, I knew the Jets used to be a team, but I thought they weren't a team anymore. The Predators. <laughs> the National Predators. Predators. What was the one that you were thinking? Thrashers. I thought thrashers. the Thrashers were a thing. I think there's the Thrashers. Uh, there should be the Thrashers. Yeah. Uh, Arizona the... Coyotes. I definitely would have never gotten that one. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have gotten the Coyotes. Um the oh, Columbus Blue Jackets, <laughs> no. I think we missed the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Ottawa Senators. And the Bruins. Did we forget the Bruins? Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. That one I'm I'm ashamed of. Okay. That's... We did all right there. Yeah, I I feel pretty good considering, uh, like, <laughs> I don't know anything about hockey. Yeah, I, I had a – I thought about doing WNBA teams, but we would have gotten, like – three yeah wnba i got nothing maybe uh, three the, the there's stars the, there's the comets <laughs> and they're the stars there's Probably. liberty the liberty yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. who cares uh, you know what i mean it's yeah. broads that's um but yeah that's, uh, i was thinking about that for a while i'm glad we gave it a shot we ah the Atlanta Thrashers were a professional ice hockey team based in Atlanta. Uh, 
so they got replaced. Uh, they became the second incarnation of the Winnipeg Jets. Cool, dude. <laughs> yeah. They, cool. uh, when, when did they disband? Uh, they disbanded in 2011. So you're about 12 years too late, Dusty. <laughs> Look, man, I only know what I know. <laughs> I can't help. How many, how many defunct NHL teams can you name? <laughs> Just, well, now that the Winnipeg Jets are back. There's, a, <laughs> there's no chance yeah the, that sportle quiz is where i find all my my wrestling quizzes to keep my brain sharp sporkle so, sporkle super fun i like sport yeah um andrew yep amazing uh, you sent me two amazing texts last week <laughs> one I just send Dusty random ass. <laughs> yeah, one explaining that you needed uh, time for Andrew's correction corner. Mm-hmm. Two, you went and saw Oppenheimer. I did see Oppenheimer, bro. The opening weekend of a movie, mm-hmm. let alone a movie in the theater. I'm a, I'm and a three hour movie and a three hour movie. You're really hitting all your spots. I'm a changed man. How did how did this occur? I had a buddy uh, from uh, uh, like I knew since we were kids hit me up and wanted to hang out and he's a movie guy and uh, he uh, I he was like hey you, you want to hang out on Saturday and um, I was like yeah you want to go see Oppenheimer I jumped on it immediately <laughs> because I was like this is this is my chance this yeah. is my sh- this is my shot you know yeah. so I. Uh, he was down, so we went and saw Oppenheimer. I I, I got him for free, just so everybody knows. I, right. I, I get to watch movies for free. It was only eight dollars for him. So um, nice, nice. Um, you only you're only allowed two movie friends, me and Jacob. So uh, listen, if you guys came down, I would have watched it with you guys. <laughs> yeah, you, you Jacob and Kai. Listen, don't. Oh right, we had three movie friends. Yeah. So, uh, I also went and saw Oppenheimer mm-hmm. at ten o'clock in the morning. <laughs> on saturday it's too early uh, um it's you just early. sent me a text message that said i have seen oppenheimer <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> uh, what were your what were your thoughts uh sure was long huh it didn't feel that long to me i felt pretty long but um i i really enjoyed it i i i, I love the sure was long for a movie that somebody undoubtedly enjoyed. You know, I always uh-huh. did, did that to Jacob when we watched the Batman. Um, and, uh, but I thought it was really well done. Killian Murphy, uh, is amazing. I have, I have discovered that his name is Killian, by the way. Yeah. Um, maybe spell it with a K, but we'll, 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 we'll adjudicate that offline, you know? Um, but he was amazing. Um, Everybody was great. Matt Damon was awesome. Uh, the guy who played Bernard from the Santa Claus was awesome. Did you recognize him? Oh, yes. I, gotcha. I, dude, like halfway through the movie, I was like, is that fucking Bernard? Bernard's 50 and fat now? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Did um, you notice uh, Hartnett? I didn't notice Josh Hartnett. I did not. I did not notice Josh Hartnett uh, until after, like yesterday. I was watching yeah. a YouTube video and it was like Josh Hartnett played. I was like, Josh Hartnett played that fucking guy? Um, he was really good. Uh, he was very good. It was just an incredibly well acted movie. Uh, and the, the, it was tough to follow at certain times. 
because there's so much going on with, and this is going to be spoiler free. I mean, ever, how do you spoil Oppenheimer? They make sure. the bomb and then it blows the <laughs> shit out of a bunch of people, yeah. you know, up in the air, plutonium, uh, uranium. We talked about it earlier. Yeah. Uh, but um, the, the whole, there's like a whole storyline over like who was leaking information, who's a spy and all that stuff. And there are certain times during this movie, if you look away for five minutes, uh, or for like, I was looking at the menu for like 30 seconds because it's a fancy, yeah. it's fancy, uh, theater. There were times when I was like, okay, who the fuck? What's good? What, what are they talking about? Um, yeah. but yeah, it was brilliant. It was very good. I need to see it again because apparently all the scenes that are in color are Oppenheimer's point of view and all the scenes in black and white are Robert Downey Jr.'s point of from the trial. So it's like there's a uh, there's more than just contrast for the reason why some of the stuff's in color and some of the stuff's in black and white. It's supposed to be like part of the story. So um yeah, I thought it was incredibly well acted. Like I don't think you're gonna find a, a more well acted movie than that. And like it moved it was definitely interesting for a movie that like is just a, like for a movie that requires could have been bogged down very heavily by all of the math and science that it took to actually build the bomb. But I feel like they did a very good job of like, here is the highest level version of this science we can give you. And we're moving while we're doing it. We're walking and talking. We're like going back and forth between things. So it doesn't just get bogged down. And like, how do we build this fucking thing? You yeah. Know? Yeah. I, I thought, I thought the science was, was well done and fun. Um, I'm a, like, I, I, I don't want to be one of those guys. It's like, I'm super into physics, even though I'm not a physician, a physician. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a physics guy and I never I've never taken a physics class. I'm fascinated by it, right? So like I I I would I like all that shit, but um they didn't inundate us with it, which is cool. Um and I saw I heard some people and uh I I want to be sensitive to this. Some people said that there was Japanese erasure in this movie because there were no Japanese people in the movie. Um yeah. and okay, so this is a very like chronically online looking at it in a way to get offended way to look at things in my opinion, because that's the point is that they did (laughs) this whole thing. Like these scientists did this whole thing without thinking about that. There are Japanese human beings. Well, they didn't know it was going to be the Japanese, not thinking that there were human beings on the other side of it. And Oppenheimer himself, this movie's about him. He never got to go see the carnage that, was inflicted upon the Japanese people. He found out about it. It haunted him. He knew it was probably terrible, but he never got to see it. So that's the point in making this movie focus on that group of people, right? Well, and the idea, I mean, these are all things that other people who are smarter or more critical than I have already said. Like, yeah, Yeah, you're about to, you're about to repeat what I said. then. The idea of (laughs) like, they don't want to the scientists don't want to build the bomb there's a there the whole movie is them grappling with this idea of what 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 is out of the box if we follow this line of thinking what have what do we create if we make this bomb but the other side of that is the nazis are making this bomb the nazis are not concerned 
in they, the same way. They or thought the, the Nazis of, were making the bomb. Right. Well, they were working on. Yeah, they kind of were, but they were working on it, but they weren't going to make it. Hitler. But they don't know that. Yeah, he was too busy trying to find the Ark of the Covenant or whatever. Well, no, he said that he, did, he, he at one point Hitler forbade what he called Jew science in, yeah. in Germany, which is physics. Right. <laughs> it's well, essentially and, physics. So it was the, the Nazis and the Russians. Yeah. They, a, no, eventually, they, eventually they somebody have. else is going to get this bomb. If it's not us, who gets it? And what do you do about that? And the I think they did a decent job in the movie of putting the scientists up against that, the American scientists, like some, it's going to happen. The, the, there's no way to stop it. So what do we do? And then when the Germans surrender, there's that scene where they're like, well, we're going to drop the bomb on the Japanese. And they're like, well, that's not what we built the bomb for. And then the movie come goes into Oppenheimer saying, all we do is build it. We can't be responsible we're not the decision makers for what happens beyond this point. Like our jobs to make it, you know, and then that works for a while, I guess, until they drop it on real people. And then you have to grapple with, well, yeah, you did make the, th you know, not to put the, the death of all of the, the people that the bomb was dropped on at Oppenheimer's feet. Cause that's unfair, but it's, it's a tough thing to grapple with. I would imagine. And I think the, that's what the movie's, the second part of the movie is trying to deal with from Oppenheimer's point of view. Yeah. And the, the, the disconnect is uh, whether for better or worse, the disconnect was the reason he was able to do this thing. I mean, calling the bomb, the gadget uh, was very intentional because they didn't want to walk around saying, Hey, we're going to build a bomb and kill uh, the half a million people. So right. Well, uh, and build a bomb that we're not entirely sure. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. If we if we actually employ this weapon, yeah, you know, and I think the thing that gets missed, or maybe not missed, but the thing that I think about, I was talking to a friend of mine about it, is like, okay, how would you show the dropping of the bomb on on the Japanese on Hiroshima on Nagasaki? We've all seen the footage of the mushroom cloud. So do you go to Ground Zero and show terribly horrific? depictions of what it actually did to people what does that not seem exploitative uh in a movie to to do that it turns it into like, a completely different movie like and uh i i i think we need to 100 percent acknowledge what we did to those people and it shouldn't be erased from history and we should remember i mean i i i i can't pretend to be in the situation that like Truman and Roosevelt were in uh, when this bomb, right. when this bomb was being built and when the war was going on and all that stuff. But it still is a horrible, horrible thing that happened to that place that, that uh, the United States government did and all that stuff. So like that should be acknowledged through history and through art and through all these things, a hundred percent. I just think it made sense in this particular scenario when you're telling this particular story it is uh, more representative of the story to show the disconnect that these people had with the people that they were actually directing effect directly affecting with the bomb. Right. You know what I mean? So like well, um, in the movie, yeah, the not it's not this it's not the story of this movie. Yeah. To tell that story. Make that movie. That's that's great. Yeah. Like I, I it would be an interesting I'd be interested to see somebody try to make that compelling without doing a Jack and Rose situation right. with it uh, <laughs> because like. 
Uh, well, it's just a, such a horrible thing. It's just like a, so bad. There's that, a book called Hiroshima that I read that is a very, I don't remember if it's a true accounting or if it's a fictional accounting, but the guy, but the guy interviewed real survivors. I can't remember, but it's a very compelling book. It's, it's pretty short. Uh, it's probably, um, well, I, I say it's probably, there's a good chance that it was, uh, um, there was a, there was, so f- for a while after the war, this, uh, the government was having, uh, and this is crazy that the American government did this, uh, when, um, you know, we've always been the bastion of free, free speech and all that. They were censoring articles about it. People had to, um, like submit their stories to the censorship bureau and then get it approved. So the American public didn't find out until one guy went rogue and wrote an article and just gave it to the New York Post without running it through the censorship bureau. And that's how the the country found out. And even that's how a lot of the scientists found out how horrible it was at Hiroshima. I think we might be talking about the same thing because the book was his name like Pelly or something like that. What I'm talking about is a book called Hiroshima by John Hershey, where uh, he interviewed six. He, it tells the story of six survivors of the atomic bomb, and it was originally published in the New Yorker. And it's uh, he, he interviewed a bunch of people, but he focused the story on six of the survivors. So it's this is him, yeah, this is him, yeah. And that book is t- terrible and compelling and and eye opening, and it's you know it's also true what they said in the movie, which is at the time. Because uh, I wrote a, a paper about the atomic bomb and the Manhattan Project when I was in college, that they the belief was that dropping the bomb would inherently save lives in the long run because Japan, short of a full scale like takeover of the main island, they there was zero belief that the Japanese would surrender. Yeah, they're saying like it would cost like a million American lives to win the war or something like that. Yeah, because they were in the Pacific at that point, having to go island to island and essentially force surrender uh, of the soldiers to to take one island at a time. Yeah. And like the amount of life lost on both sides was horrific. And it's who knows in the end, but it was seen as oddly even uh, as you can say it like the more humane option was hey we we unleash this terrible weapon and we tell everybody hey we've got this thing and we could that's why they had two you know in the movie it's the one of the most (laughs) heartless lines in the movie which is we drop one to show them we got it and we drop the second one to show them we could keep building them if we have to like and the, and it worked. The emperor of Japan, for I think the first time in history, came on the radio and announced that they surrendered to the yeah. Japanese people. Like they thought the sun exploded. Like it's not it's not anything funny, but it's insane to imagine. Like that was the reaction. Like and that was what they were going for. We need a weapon that's so terrible that the idea of continuing to fight this war seems impossible. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of the big moral quandaries in history. Like, um, I I I've, I tend to think the second bomb was overkill, but uh, you know we we don't know. I it's who who could say in in any direction in that, and um, it's just tough that it was civilians, like mostly women and children, because all the men were out yeah. fighting and shit. So like, it's 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 a tragedy, no matter what, and like so it should be acknowledged, but 
I don't think it needed to be like directly shown in this movie because the story was about the scientists and the scientists didn't see that shit for a long right. time. And like, and, and it would seem to me, it would seem exploitative, like uh, unnecessary you to could show. Turn, you almost turn it into a Tarantino movie. If you show, if you, if you like yeah. just show, you know, so like there, there, there probably would have been like certain ways to do it. Like have a guy explain it at, at a hearing or something like that. Like I could see that, but if you put a camera on the ground and and throw that bomb down, like I just don't think it fits in the movie, um, well, especially in the way that you make a movie and it's stylized and it's actors and it's like made for bombast. Like movie making, uh, oftentimes is not a subtle art, even whenever the best people are doing it. You know, so I I, I just wouldn't think that it would fit. And I thought it really showed in the movie like and i i think that that's true in oppenheimer's real life that like after the bomb was dropped he really struggled with whether that was the right right thing to do and going forward what do we do with atomic energy you know and yeah and that's, that's that's basically what all of the other guys were talking to like the other scientists were talking to him about it was like Hey, uh, we got to figure this shit out. Uh, we, you, you have, okay. You're making the bomb. You have to tell them that we can't just keep doing this. Um, right. and, uh, I was very interested. There was, there was, it was weird in the movie. Um, towards the beginning of the movie, I was like, I wonder if Oppenheimer ever met Niels Bohr. And then immediately they started to, <laughs> like, he went to a Niels, he was like, I have to go to his lecture today. It's Niels Bohr. And I was like, fuck yeah, he met Niels Bohr. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of like, uh, that's the the fun part of the movie, like where it's almost uh, there's a part in it that feels like Ocean's Eleven, where they're going around all the different scientists yeah. to like recruit them to be in the movie, and that's where Matt Damon's awesome. I feel like he I, was I think that was, I think that was his best moment in the movie, where he's like, "This is the most this is the most important thing that ever fucking happened," or something like that. Yeah, um, and, uh, and I like that it was like. You know, in every in every biopic about a rock star, it's like, oh man, he met Paul. He saw Paul McCartney on TV or whatever. <laughs> and then in this movie, it's like, oh man, he met Hans Bohr, and, and then he met Heisenberg, and then yeah. he met Einstein. And it's like all the the rock star physicists of the early twentieth uh, century. Yeah, Niels Bohr was like uh, the he was truly like a rock star physicist at the at the level of like Einstein at certain times, like. They had a they had a collection of all the like big physicists in the world at one point, and it was like Niels Bohr was the one everybody wanted to talk to. Uh, him and Einstein, and him and Einstein were like uh, they were kind of competitive, but they 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 just would talk and talk to each other like crazy. And Bohr's Bohr was so he lived in Germany. I think he was Jewish, um, but he eventually got out of Germany. And the story uh, of him leaving Germany is very interesting. And like his head was so big, they couldn't get a helmet like that fit it properly and shit. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. he's, he's a, Niels Bohr is a very fascinating physicist, but um, yeah. So I, I, I think it, they did really well. I'm, I'm stoked about it. I'll probably, I mean, it's three hours, but I'll probably watch it again at some point in my life. You know what I mean? It's the best movie I've seen this year. All, all told for me. Um, I want to see it in IMAX because the whole thing was shot in IMAX. Yeah. They're like, and it does the movie trick. It does the thing where they're doing the, the Trinity tests in New Mexico and they're, they're counting down and I'm like, Oh fuck, what's about to happen? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I know thought, what's about to happen. I, I thought, I thought Josh Peck was gonna, uh, 
was going to cancel it. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but then the the bomb goes off and they'd spent the beginning of the movie. There was an advertisement for Dolby uh, Atmos. Yeah. And like this is the most real sound and it's from all over these places and it's blah, blah. And I was like, when they dropped this bomb, like, am I going to be able to hear anything after, like yeah. ever again? And then it's, it's, it's hella fucking loud, you know, it's a movie theater, but yeah, I thought it's impeccably made. Uh, the acting's great. It is three hours, but, if you're gonna watch a three hour movie, this is the this is the one. And I would advise you to see it in the theaters. There were a lot of moments where my the seats in the theater were literally rumbling um yeah. during this movie. So uh I would advise you to see it in the theaters. But uh anyway, yeah, Oppenheimer was dope. So I saw Barbie. I did Did the, you really? I, I didn't do Barbieheimer. Uh yeah, so this five hours. After... We, don't, we don't need to do that. I didn't do one after the other, but I saw Oppenheimer on Saturday and then Sarah and the kids were like, we'd go see Barbie if you want to go see, but I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. So on Sunday we all went and watched Barbie really enjoyed it. Are you indoctrinated now? Uh, yeah. I'm <laughs> these a sleeper fucking, cell now. These fucking whiny pieces of garbage. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it, it makes a point. I just wanted to see a fucking toy yeah. movie. Go I fuck saw, yourself. I saw, I heard the word patriarchy and I threw my popcorn <laughs> uh, halfway across. Of course it did because Greta Gerwig made it. And Greta Gerwig's a great film director. The, and, and no, you didn't want just a Barbie movie about a toy because that movie would suck. That's like <laughs> that movie's not about anything. This how, is a, it's at least about something. Yeah, and how about watching a movie that says something that you it doesn't exactly align with your worldview and not getting mad about it? That'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I haven't seen it yet, but I've I've heard things. It's got like it's got a subversive like truly it's it's subversive in like fun ways like and it's still a joke like there's still jokes and it's still genuinely funny and it's not at the expense of men so calm down <laughs> uh <laughs> the, the twitter verse i dudes. would go watch men are trash the movie you know what i mean like yeah well because unfortunately it's mostly right it's <laughs> <laughs> i gotta watch it before i admit that you know what yeah, I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. we stink a lot of the time we do uh, stink a lot but, of the time <laughs> but like the opening where they uh spoiler mild spoiler alert it was in the trailer so it's not a huge spoiler yeah alert, let's stay they, away from spoilers other than this because i still haven't seen it even i don't care they, about these people listening they cop the beginning of 2001 a space odyssey where the i haven't the, seen that the, either so you're spoiling okay. two things so the there's like gorillas and they're just doing gorilla stuff and then there's an alien like monolith that appears and all the, the apes come to the monolith. And that's like the beginning of knowledge is what it's supposed to represent. Right. But in the movie, it's all these little girls playing with like baby dolls. And there's a voiceover that's like for time in memoriam, girls were just played with baby dolls and they were taught to be mothers and blah, blah, blah. And then the, the monolith is giant Barbie, giant, like the original <laughs> Barbie in the swimsuit, but it's the mon it's Margot Robbie is like 50 foot tall monolith and it's like then barbie came and then the the little girls start acting like the gorillas and they're like smashing their baby dolls and shit and in the movie in 2001 one of them the apes throws a bone into the air and it becomes a satellite and in barbie the little girl throws her baby doll in the air and it becomes the logo for barbie and i was like that's who among us 
would have thought of something as fucking clever Dust, as that is. Dusty's looking around the theater like, eh, anybody else yeah. reference? Did you get that no? reference? 2001, no? Kubrick? Come on. You rubes. <laughs> yeah. The space, the, the moon landing, ever hear of it? Uh, so, uh, no, big recommend for Barbie. Big rep- recommend for Oppenheimer. Uh, see them both. They're both incredible. Had I'll, a good time. I'll, I'll, I, I'm, I'll, I mean, if I ever run into Barbie, if I ever figure out a way to watch it, I'll watch it. But uh, yeah. it depends. The guy who came from Porterville to watch movies with me probably ain't going to see Barbie with me. So, uh, <laughs> you know. Andrew. Yeah. Uh, you, I'm proud of you, man. You've expanded. Thanks, dude. You've expanded your wings. You went to a concert and a movie <laughs> the same weekend. I did. Um, I was cruising the internet like mm-hmm. I'm I'm want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, did you hear the news that our favorite '90s band, before Nickelback, to make fun of, has gotten back together? God, I'm trying to think who that is. Who got Are back you? together? Creed, baby. Oh, dude. Well, I don't know <laughs> if they, I'm ready. They they let Scott Stapp out. Uh, he's, he's not no trying longer, to kill Obama anymore. No, he's no longer under the influence of MK Ultra. He's ready to go. <laughs> uh, he, will, uh, he will not be uh, triggered Winter Soldier style by a bunch of nonsense words. Uh, Hell yeah, it, dude. They're starting the Creed Summer of 99 cruise. Oh, God. If any band was going to do a cruise, imagine <laughs> the people. <laughs> On the Creed cruise, I want to know. Uh, give give me a dollar figure when you when you hear this, okay? The Creed cruise. The, how much I think it's going to cost? No, how much would it cost for you to go? <laughs> oh, I'm going to tell you right now. I would go for free if they wouldn't. If they if they're not charging me uh-huh. for the people watching, I don't know if I'd have fun. But it's so stupid that I'd probably go for free. Do you want to try to guess any of the bands that are going to appear on the Creed Cruise? Oh, there's Creed. a bunch of bands. Yeah, this is the thing. Now you're you said zero dollars. Oh, um, is Stained going? No, that's a good guess. You're you're a little late with Stained. And so there's no Finger Eleven either. No, Three Doors Down. Three Doors Down is on the cruise. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Second uh, build. Um, fuck. Um, who else was back then? Uh, uh, fucking, uh, I don't know. Who else is going? Puddle of Mud? Is Puddle of Mud no, going? No Puddle of Mud. It's oh, good they guy. fucked up. Nine days. I don't know them. No? Is Stone Sour going? No. Oh, they're fucking up, dude. Dishwalla is going to be I've, on this cruise. I am not familiar. <clears throat> Hold on, let me <clears throat> see if I can get away from the mic enough to do it. Give me all your thoughts on God. Okay. Because I'd really like to meet her. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's not... Those guys? God damn, bro. <laughs> oh, man, how many sequins are going to be on male shirts during this uh-huh. shit? How many, how many tribal tattoos... Oh man, oh, her, just even... mass herpes, just all. 
We haven't even gotten to it, dude. In Buck Cherry, there's no Buck Cherry there, is there? Buck Cherry third. Build. Oh my god! Okay, it might cost a little bit of money for me to go on this. Uh-huh. Hey. Dude, they're gonna run out of Jack Daniels. All those people uh, drink Jack Daniels. Uh, tantric. You familiar with the work of Tantric? No, but the fucking name, I hate him. The Verb Pipe. I actually, I like the Verb Pipe. You familiar with the verb pipe? No. Um, what are these fucking bands? Hold on. Um, uh, we were only freshmen. That song, you know. <laughs> hold on. The freshman by the verb pipe. Yeah, dude. I listen. Hold I'm gonna on. need you. I'm gonna need your help. This sounds like some fucking green sleeve shit from the Renaissance era. They sound like they'd be on a create cruise. <laughs> okay, that bird pipe song is good. Whatever, yeah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, fuel. <laughs> I want to take your picture. Oh my god, bro! Yeah, uh, how many pregnant women smoking <laughs> cigarettes are gonna be on this? I, well, none now, but um, the ones that there used to be, yeah. Um, no, they're gonna be pregnant and smoking <laughs> cigarettes on the Creed cruise. Vertical Horizon. I don't know that band either. No, I got nothing for this. Listen, you're older yeah. than me. I know. I I'm sure. That there's a possibility that I know the uh some some song by them. Um what about tonic, dude? <laughs> no. If you like... could only see oh, yeah. loves me, oh, maybe yeah. you would understand. Yeah, yeah, I know that song. Hell yeah, Every, dude. Everybody who sings like this <laughs> is going <laughs> yeah. on this trip. They uh, asked. Third... They asked Pearl Jam, and he said, "No, yeah. are you kidding me? I'm like, I'm Eddie Vedder, bro." <laughs> they put up a exhibit in the Pop Culture Museum for me. I will not be attending the Creed Cruise. Okay, so Vertical Horizon has had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen members in their band historically. <laughs> uh huh. And one hit, I'm sure. They had a guy named Ryan Chopper Fisher on the, in their band, bro. <laughs> Um, Hell then, yeah! They've had a Buck, lot of bass players. <laughs> then Buck Cherry. Oh God! Okay. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> we used to do that all the time. Yeah. Hey. Uh, <laughs> dude, I used to go to a bar where the cover band every weekend would play Crazy Bitch, and people would go insane. Was that the Stag? Yes, I think I, I might have seen that cover band because there's probably yeah. only one cover band that always played the stag. But hey, you're crazy, dude. Right? <laughs> yeah, they, there's a lot of sweaty, sweaty tramp stamps with dirty yeah. low rise jeans going around in there. Just Ugh. loving it, fucking uh, yuck. <laughs> <laughs> Three doors down. They know. are there. Yeah, yeah. So we got that one. I was like, God damn it! Uh, All right, and then and the Three Doors Down is one of the best bands there. Yeah. That and Creed. So Creed has surrounded themselves. Creed is the best band at this. Yeah. Mark Tremonti 
fucking shreds, dude. He's a really great guitar player. Uh, God damn it, bro. So, Matt, and you're on a, you're stuck on a, on a boat, on dude. a fucking <laughs> boat, bro. With the with the butt cherry dudes. Mm. Dude, do you know how much like gross, strange the buck cherry dudes are gonna get on that fucking? Can you can you imagine the insurance you need? To, to secure the the boat for the that buck cherry is gonna be playing on. There's gonna be so much, just so much, so many energy drinks at this fucking. <laughs> they only drink the bad boy energy or something. Yeah, yeah. No, they still got all the. They've got they've got the last remaining supply of four locos that exist, <laughs> and it's for this concert. They, um, it was them, them, uh, them, and uh, uh, the ICP were in a bidding war. Yeah, the, <laughs> look, the gathering, the gathering is going to have a very a shortage of four loco this year. Yeah. Okay, the tickets uh, are priced from twenty one hundred forty one dollars. To six thousand seven thirty one, excluding daily onboard service charge, excluding. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And they, they oh. it's just it, this is going to be the first boat that sank because of the weight of the puke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because everybody's too drunk to puke over the edge. And they're it, so gross. They probably have like a they all like puke in the bowling alley of the of the yeah. cruise ship. The Norwegian Pearl is the name of the cruise ship. Of course. It, it will embark on a round trip from I thought that Miami. Was a, I thought that Nas- was a tonic album. <laughs> from Miami to Na- to Nassau, Bahamas, then back to Miami. I, th- I thought this was going to be the first cruise ship from like San Bernardino, California to like, uh, <laughs> it, it goes to like some weird ass, like Tyler, Texas, like way yeah. inland. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a, it's just the day ferry to Catalina Island, but they're, they're putting <laughs> buck cherry on there. It's one of those duck boats that just, yeah. like, dry and land. it's air, it's a uh, ground and sea. Oh man. It's, it's going to suck ass. Uh, who's who. Okay. I don't want to be disparaging. Who loves buck cherry enough that they're gonna get on a boat and has six grand? I'm a real big so, buck. I'm a real big bucker, man. Yeah, I'm a buckhead. Uh, there's a dude at the video store I used to work at who came in, who in an attempt to impress me one time said that he was friends with the guitarist from Buck Cherry, and I was like, "Cool, dude. That makes <laughs> not, sense because you smell like cigarettes." Yeah, not interested. Oh, dude. Okay. This is funny. This is really funny. Because earlier when you said uh, that the 50-foot Barbie thing that you said earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, so is is it like the giant woman in Dude, Where's My Car? You know Uh what I'm talking about? Uh, It's been a long time since I watched Dude, Where's My Car, so. The singer for Buck Cherry Uh is married. (laughs) To To the giant lady? The main hot alien girl in Dude, Where's My Car? It would make sense. No, you know. Hey, hey, hey. What are you doing, Missy? <laughs> Mitzi Martin? What are you doing? I got to see what type of tattoo she has. I guarantee it. Guarantee it. She's got a, she's got a bad tattoo on her somewhere. Oh, also, you do know 
nine days the band because this is the story of a girl gotta run around the whole world oh okay yeah yeah i know that yeah. song she looks so sad in photographs <laughs> but i absolutely love her when she smiles god there's a, there's, i'm just looking at pictures of this girl just uh, wondering what happened she married the singer for buck cherry that's a hard that's a hard life you know more like yuck cherry you know what i mean huh because it's not like the guy huh? from buck <laughs> no because <laughs> uh, it's not like the guy from buck cherry's giving it up you know like <laughs> giving what up oh giving the just, life the rock star yeah, lifestyle <laughs> he just do, he doesn't strike me as a guy who's gonna be at home you know yeah he's the type of guy that says i thought it was an open relationship he doesn't have the conversation before yeah hey i'm the singer for buck cherry <laughs> what did you think was gonna happen? did you uh, do you think i was gonna be monogamous oh she's in I, joe dirt too i bet stap is monogamous oh yeah it's gotta be i bet uh, Stapp, i bet Stapp's monogamous well, who she was- did she play in joe dirt Sorry, everybody listening listening to us Google things. I've, I for sure know that the singer for Buck Cherry's name is Josh Todd. Oh, hell yeah, <laughs> it, it makes, is. It makes perfect sense. Hell yeah, it is. Um, Dude, his Wikipedia has background, career, the band Josh Todd, the return to Buck Cherry, and then discography. So he tried he tried to unbuck Cherry himself. This is the this is a longer Wikipedia than the Pring than the uh Funyuns Wikipedia. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Funyuns, I tried a new chip treat this week. Oh, okay. Uh Tell me about it. Trader Joe's everything but the bagel chips. Oh, okay. So they're so- they're kettled potato chips with everything bagel seasoning. I mean that sound. I bet that sounds good. I'd be into that. They're all right. They're pretty good. They're okay. They're all right. Yeah. I, I think some people like swear by them. I'm trying to find a, a new chip that I'm like, yeah, they're good. I'm fit. You know me. I I go against the grain sometimes, Dusty. Yeah, that's certainly. I I'm I'm known for it. That's my trademark. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find a alternative chip. That is good. That replaces a Ruffles or a Lay's or a barbecue Lay's or sweet and shout, sweet and uh, sweet and sour. What were those? Uh, sour uh, cream and sour onion cream yeah. or sour cream and onion uh, Lay's or so, so, any of those. And yeah. I haven't found one yet. They haven't figured it out. They don't have the keys to the factory. They're, they're not. They haven't. They haven't uh, put together the team like no. Oppenheimer. There hasn't happened yet. No. They need uh they need Heisenberg. Okay. It says that Mitzi Martin in Joe Dirt played Miss Clipper. See, and I Googled Mitzi Martin, Joe Dirt, and nothing like I'm not seeing any pictures of her in Joe Dirt. A bunch of the all the pictures are of Brandy right. and uh Jamie Presley. Yeah. Um which they should well, be. Sure. I've, so I wanted to use this. Balls to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking wanted, Jamie Presley in that movie is great. <laughs> I wanted to use this as an entree into um, the Spotify game for this Okay. One. Andrew, can you name any of the songs that appear 
on the top five Creed list from Spotify. Oh, yeah. My Sacrifice. Number three. Uh, When I'm Gone. Not on the list. What? Okay. When I'm... <laughs> Everything I have and everything you need <laughs> will also be the one you wanted me to be. I loved Creed when I was younger. Um, uh, higher, take me higher. Uh, no, higher is number two. Um, with arms wide open, number four. What the fuck is number one? Um, <laughs> number one is a song that I don't know offhand, so. See, Spotify does some horseshit sometimes. Is this yeah. an old song? It's on the same album as My Sacrifice. Okay, so it is an old song. Um, can you take no? <laughs> you have uh, to get in the. You have to get in the head. Yeah. Yeah. I fuck. I thought this was gonna be easier. It's funny, I'm done as well at this one as I did with the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. Does it does telling you that the number five is on the album uh Human no. Clay help mm -mm. at all? Mm -mm. <laughs> okay. I do not know Creed Creed albums. Uh, number five is My Own Prism. And I, I would not have got that. Mm -mm. The, I love that song. That's a good song. Uh and then number one is a song called One Last Breath that I do not know. Um, the fuck is this shit? Who's listening to? Hold on. Okay, so <laughs> we've got my sacrifice number one on title. One last breath is two. Higher is three. With arms wide open is four. Uh, new version with strings. Number five is with arms wide open. <laughs> I'm just regular. Um, <laughs> Give me the OG. Uh, so God and and when I'm gone is like, did I know a Creed deep cut? <laughs> well. Because I know my maybe my favorite Creed is song. Is that at song this called point, When I'm Gone? Uh my favorite Creed song at this point is the um So Hold Me Now. I'm oh yeah. From the edge uh -huh. the that song's dope, dude. But uh my <laughs> my uncle One Last Breath is When I'm Gone. Ah okay. I just didn't know the so, name of that song. So four out of I'm giving you four out of five. So that's a hold me when I'm here, love yeah. me when I'm wrong, hold me when I'm scared. That one. Yeah. I'll never uh, let you down, even <laughs> if I could. Dude, I'm doing that at karaoke. Next karaoke. Yeah. I just scared the shit out of my cat. Yeah. <laughs> he was asleep. <laughs> just no wonder he my head with your with your mouse while you play uh, games. Yeah. Uh, my next karaoke, I'm doing a Creed song and a Nickelback song, yeah. and people are going to be so mad at me. Uh no they won't because it's a bar so the it's not yeah this is a different bar though this is the Springville yeah. people this is sure. this is this is high class you know what I mean um my own prison I know because my uncle rode hard for Creed of course because of course he did and he's you know yeah everybody's uh, uncle rode hard for Creed. Yeah. Uh so take it in the complete opposite direction I don't know where he ranks for you but I know that he ranks high on your list of all time artists. So, Andrew, can you give me the top five Spotify songs of one Tupac Shakur? Mm, I had a feel like I had a feeling you were going to say this one. That this one's really hard. Um, I I was uh, so I thought, but these are all songs that even I know, and I'm not a huge uh, Tupac head. Two of America's Most Wanted. 
not on the list. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> refigure. Shit. Yeah, uh, refigure your thing. Ambitions as a rider. Number three. If you said that one wasn't on the list, I was going to quit. <laughs> Shut uh, the studio down. Changes. Changes is number five. Keep your head up. No. Okay. Um. Oh, hit him up. Hit him up is number one. Number one, huh? Yeah. That's why I fucked your bitch, you fat motherfucker. Get money. Um. <laughs> uh. Dear mama. No. Hmm. One of them is a collaboration with a very famous music video. And it's not two of America's most wanted. No. <laughs> it's not like dying to live with Biggie, is it? No, but it's I mean, uh and the other is the name of a Tupac album and in the name of a song. Oh, um, Okay, let me think about that music video one. Um, dude, it's when I'm put on the spot, it's hard for me to like, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, no, I. <laughs> that's why the game is difficult. I know. Because I'm even having a hard time coming up with that freaking album name, and I met the guy who produced it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think what the collaboration would be. All eyes on me. All is eyes it, on me is, is this the, is, is the song. Yep. Um, and then the collaboration. California love. California love. Yeah. So, the top five in order uh, is hit them up. Call the cops when you see Tupac. California love. Ambitions as a writer. All eyes on me and changes i'm actually and this is it's it's funny because like i love all eyes on me it's a great song mm -hmm. um the way that i learned tupac was on like shuffle right <laughs> so like staring through my rear view is like one of my favorite tupac songs and like um i wonder if heaven got a ghetto and like a bunch of different uh yeah. so it's hard i'm like okay so what does everybody listen to like i'm so i'm kind of shocked that two of america's most wanted isn't on there it should be on there because it is very famous let me see what uh title has you also have to you know we have to remember for all the kids out there like the we're talking back in the day album album formats you bought all eyes on me cost you 26 bucks you listened to all all of all eyes on me back to front yeah <laughs> you know? it's okay so it's uh california love hit them up ambitions as a rider dear mama all eyes on me so it's the same okay. thing that's, that's just in a different order and then I get around is number six, which is kind of surprising for me as well. Um, two of America's Most Wanted is like way down there. And Brenda's got a baby. I thought might be higher up because that was like a big, that was like a big first poet Tupac song before the gangster Tupac uh, yeah. really took over. You know. Yeah. Um, all right, Andrew. I like I get around because uh, we got we got our boy from Digital Underground, fucking Humpty Hump Sock G. <laughs> <laughs> coming in i was gonna say our band used to cover this tupac song but i thought that would be too uh that would be too big of a hint which one Whenever... oh, california california love uh, yeah. i was like which one to... did we cover we didn't cover fucking all eyes on me <laughs> we, used to, we used to hella play uh california love and shock the residents of porterville 
<laughs> oh wait, so so title doesn't have changes in the top five. Yeah, it has uh, dear mama instead. Dear mama instead. Okay. Yeah. Um, last week you told us a <laughs> harrowing tale of the <laughs> big the up man- to Charles Guiteau. To Charles, about Charles Guiteau. He, he had and, a weird dick and he killed the president. <laughs> and it was because of this rage that he killed the president. Yeah. Um, so I I tasked myself with finding what I hope is an equally entertaining, if not a different brand of story uh, this week to tell you. Uh, are you in any way familiar with the Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark Broadway musical? <laughs> no, that's a dope name though <laughs> yes it's also an, a tonic album yeah they, they can only see the way you know well, god dude that fucking cruise how many fucking <laughs> gas station sunglasses are gonna be there dude imagine uh, the catering because you don't you don't have to give them the good the good stuff on the buck cherry three doors down creed cruise oh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be uh like like weenies yeah it's just <laughs> We're out yeah. of my. We're, we're, we ran out of microwave burritos the first day. Yeah, it's all it's all little Smokies from here on out. <laughs> little Smokies uh, are dank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have my own recipe. <laughs> um, okay. If they sell menthols on that, they can pay for the ship. That's true. and you know that they sell menthol. How many people over under three people fall off that boat? Oh yeah. During fucking that 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 Creed song that I'm no during Crazy Bitch, it meant, yeah. dude. I just want to see a video of those disgusting people during Crazy Bitch. It's on the sea, lawless. Oh my god, there's gonna be just saggy titties flopping just, all over the place, hitting people the, three rows behind them. There's there's no there's no governing body out there. It's so, international waters. They're yeah. gonna be in international waters with Creed and Buck Cherry. The, the, the ocean is the only law. So, you think Three Doors Down is gonna play Superman more than once? Well, I'm assuming everybody's playing more than one set. You know, so every day. You know, oh man. man, crazy! You know, listen. You say you saw crazy, but you saw a crazy bitch today. If you were seeing Crazy Bitch on Thursday, man, it uh, was fucking wild. It's man. gonna get sloppier and sloppier each day. Uh, just how? Just know? imagine the smell on the dance floor of that fucking place. It's... Axe body spray, fucking cigarettes, and Jack Daniels, and just fucking middle age. <laughs> now here's here's another question for you. Ugh. Chris Jericho male butt cracks. Chris Jericho does a tour or does a a cruise. Yeah, I know. Is the Jericho cruise or the or the Three Doors Down Creed Buck Cherry cruise the worst cruise? Fuck, I don't know, dude. Because wrestling fans stink. Yeah, <laughs> but, they're fucking weird people, man. But I'd get to meet Mick Foley. There's that. Well, yeah. I mean, you'd go on the Jericho cruise, and I wouldn't blame you. And I might yeah. if if I if they were talking about like which one would you enjoy more in terms of like what the cruise has to offer, a hundred percent it's the Jericho <laughs> cruise because I think they actually have wrestling matches at the Jericho cruise, don't they? Right. Yeah. And then and then Fozzie plays, and Fozzie would fit right in on the Buck Cherry cruise. That's right. But they uh, at least it's only one of them. They might bring an opener, but. um they're other bands, but they're mostly cover bands. Fucking so Elias like, play. Yeah, I'd rather watch yeah. <laughs> a cover band than Tonic, you know? Yeah. So, um, and then, uh, but if you're talking spectacle, 
If you're talking, <laughs> having stories afterwards yeah. and like seeing one of the craziest fucking things you've ever seen in your life, I would probably go on the Creed cruise with the camera. Right. I and might film a documentary. Cruise. Yeah. Yeah. I'd probably <laughs> buy in. I'd probably fucking on by, by the fourth day of the cruise. I'm like, hi, you're crazy. Man. <laughs> they've, got you, they've got you like Patty Hearst, dude. They, <laughs> they indoctrinate you because you've got nowhere else to go. I get one of those so. uh, STDs that Eddie Murphy was talking about on one of his specials where he's like, in, in the future, you just put your shit in, you put your dick in and your shit just explode. <laughs> <laughs> dude. Not only will Three Doors Down be playing Kryptonite, they're gonna play uh, "Here Without You." I'm here without you. Oh my you, god! Baby. Just the nasty <laughs> fucking cigarette making out and just yeah. necking on the dance floor, bro. And when I'm gone, you know that's the one that they used to play for the Coast Guard. Uh, when I'm gone, that's yeah. what I called the Creed song. Right? <laughs> what the hell I, is going I was, on? I was worried you might have got it mixed up, but I didn't want to say. No, so I didn't get it mixed up because when I said because the song, hold on, I think I might have got them mashed up. Yeah, you're... hold on a second, bro. <laughs> this is fucking me up. Okay, yes, I got the names mixed up. Maybe I'm just blind. This is when I'm gone. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. I have to hear the chorus. I'm sorry, everybody. Dude, I got him completely mixed up. This is what I thought it was. Yeah. So what did I... Hold on, dude. I thought that's what, what it was. What did I think this Creed I... song was? <laughs> What am I doing? Because I looked up the lyrics. Yeah. Did they do the same song and call it something else? That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Oh, this is... This is... Hold me now. I'm six feet from here. Okay. That's what this is. I almost had to do another corrections. This is almost the same exact thing that I did with fucking Blake, uh, Jimmy World the other day. Yeah. Dusty. Maybe six feet ain't so far down. I probably heard that song 2,000 times. <laughs> well, the fun thing for that cruise is they could switch guitars back and forth and never have to switch the tuning. Cause they're all playing the same. They're all playing the same, same fucking, song. Uh, we play blue collar tune, whatever that yeah, is, white trash, uh, whatever that tuning is. And then now, one last breath is gonna hit hard. They're on the water. I'm six feet from the edge. Yeah. You know, some drunk guy is gonna be like going to the j- fucking Jack. What's, yeah. what's Jack's last name on Titanic? Uh, oh, I don't know. Who cares? Uh, yeah. He's gonna be doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah, king, Hold king me now, dude. <laughs> yeah. If if Scott Stapp had any artistic integrity, he would he would with 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 uh with the wireless mic, he would walk to the fucking bow of that ship <laughs> and uh-huh. fucking lean off there. Hold me now. <laughs> yeah, but he's not a visionary. If he know? no, if he had any chops left in his ass. <laughs> You would be doing that. <laughs> Dude, if if he was really going to do it, you take everybody out on the Lido deck. 100% you do. And he and he fucking swoops in on some sort of apparatus <laughs> yeah. flying over the crowd. Hold me now. Yeah, and you've you so you, he's leaning, he's leaning off the yeah. edge. 
if so he, and he's he's rigged up a fan right under the the railing that people can't yeah. see in case the ship isn't going fast enough to move his hair you know yeah and he he makes sure that that shit is going and he's, he opens his shirt up and like yeah. He's he's ran it past the captain of the ship and the captain told him no, but he's going to do it anyway. You know, Stapp's the kind of uh, ask for forgiveness, not permission kind of guy. Dude, if 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 he does that and I get video of that, I'm a Creed fan. Some of these songs (laughs) are good as shit. I told you. Look, they were the Nickelback before Nickelback. Some of the songs are good. That song is good. Hold me it down. Really is good. It really is good. It really is good. And hires good, dude. What the yeah. fuck? My oh, Cherry, sacri- go fuck yourself. I've watched enough wrestling clips to my sacrifice to where it's like <laughs> Stockholm syndrome to me. Like they were the official anthem of the WWE for a little yeah, bit. I, yeah, they showed Jeff that. Hardy getting getting speared off of that ladder <laughs> it to is my a, to my sacrifice. It is ball, a true. Ball. It is a true. It's still re- it's still real to me. Damn it. Yeah. Song. I, I tell me I don't feel you know at that Dude, point. I, I used to when I was a kid. I used to sing with arms wide open like I was Scott Stapp. Like how could you not? The I'd music, be in the shower, you know, like a cave. I don't know if I'm ready to be the man I used to be. Yeah, I, I, I can't be. be a, God damn it! I can't be a. I can't be a father yet either. I'm not ready to be a father. I created life. <laughs> <laughs> we should have done a creed song when we were know, what did we, we do what are we I'm doing su- i'm surprised i'm sure well, our that, guitar player knows one yeah yeah <laughs> that he knows one um all right andrew god damn it i'm trying to tell you listen i'm sorry I'm glad, I'm glad we figured out the one last breath thing yeah. i don't have, i wouldn't have i would have lost sleep over that yeah and i'm glad you you brought it up i appreciate that yeah uh okay spider-man turn off the dark yeah, <laughs> they want to make Spider-Man the musical because they're like, of course, so the Spider-Man movie came out. The original with Tobey Maguire, huge success. Right. So they're like, how can we parlay that into other avenues? And so they're they're like, let's do a Spider-Man musical and they want it to go up on Broadway. So they're not. <laughs> it sounds so stupid. It sounds like musical theater for people who don't like musical theater. Yeah. Well, so they're not, Andrew, I want you to know, they're not fucking around, dude. They're bringing in top people to to take care of this. They brought in a lady named Julie Tamar who adapted The Lion King onto Broadway. Ever heard of it? The <laughs> uh, She won 11 Tonys and her movie Frida, earned five academy award nominations and she directed across the universe the beatles movie god damn like this this is she's got chops she's not an amateur that opening shot in across the universe when he looks at the song at the camera and starts singing girl is dope yeah yeah and i like that movie you know i think that movie gets a bad rap i think i gotta Um, watch it as an older person um but yeah there's some fun stuff in it but they, so they bring her in and then she has a person that she works with who's done a bunch of like television writing for kids shows and stuff. His name's Glenn Berger and he's been nominated for daytime Emmys and one and stuff. And they're trying to crack the story of Spider-Man for this musical. And, but the problem will become 
Julie Taymor doesn't give a shit about Spider-Man because uh, she's uh, a theater I, person. Right. It seems like she's like, I gotta, I gotta spruce it up or jazz it up, you know, cause it can't just be about Spider-Man. She's like, wait, this story already exists. I thought I was writing something new about a man, a Spider-Man, <laughs> some sort of Spider-Man, some, some sort of Spider-Man. Um, I just accidentally saw who wrote the music and lyrics. To this. Yeah. So the music and lyrics also written by Bono and the edge of U2. I'm telling you, every person, they're like, this is a slam dunk. There's no way it fails. And so if it were a good idea, it would have went well. (laughs) Right. So they're like, they're, they're trying to get the thing up and running. And the way that Julie Tamar wants to tell the story is she wants to bring in the ancient uh the the ancient roman story of arachne you know that one oh right? yeah arachne i'm sure it has something to do with a spider uh-huh so there's a talented mortal named arachne who challenged athena the goddess of wisdom to a weaving contest and when athena could find no flaws in her tapestry arachne was uh wins the contest but then uh she hangs herself out of shame and she gets transformed into a spider what what is she ashamed of um it says the goddess became enraged and beat the girl with her shuttle hell with her shovel shuttle i don't know okay. what a shuttle we're, is. we're obviously missing context here but okay yeah. lady sure. won a weaving contest kills herself Turns and into a spider. Turns into a spider. <laughs> All right. She's supposed to be the like the antagonist of this story. And everybody keeps telling Julie Tamar, like, this doesn't work. Like, we're trying to make it <laughs> work. But on the one hand, we've got teenage Peter Parker fighting the Green Goblin. And on the other hand, we've got mythical Arachne doing whatever she's trying to do over here. So, like the originally the the it was supposed like most broadway productions cost like 10 to 15 million dollars the spider-man turn off the dark by the time it was done was the most expensive broadway production in history it cost 75 million dollars oh my god (laughs) (laughs) because they had to keep rewriting the story they cut they brought in a comic book writer to try to work the story out after they kicked Julie Tamar off of the project because she wouldn't bend on the arachne part because she's like, well, then it's just a comic book thing. And they're like, that's exactly what we want. That's the point, bitch. <laughs> yeah. like, we, we just want Spider-Man. Spider-Man works. People like Spider-Man. You familiar? <laughs> He's radioactive, all right? (laughs) Um, So they, it was also this idea of like, okay, because I've never seen The Lion King on Broadway, but they do all this stuff with like, they all the actors turn into like the buffalo, right? And they, they do all these cool things with visuals to make it more than just like, Hey, it's Simba for like an hour and a half, right? Because that's what this lady's into. The production for Spider-Man 
was called the most technically complex show ever on Broadway with 27 aerial sequences of characters fighting and engaging in aerial combat. So it sounds they, like a Homer Simpson ran, ran Yeah. The, the production also included multitudes of moving set pieces that put the audience in the middle of the action and enough projections on giant screens that Bono said it was like a three-dimensional graphic novel. So they're trying, like, uh, because Spider-Man fights in the air. So they're trying to make the Green Goblin Spider-Man fights, like, over the audience. Like, but the dude's not a real spider. So how do you, like, he's not an actual Spider-Man. He's just a guy. And so how do you how do you do that? Yeah. And so the whole like the product the the technical rehearsals take forever and go over budget. So then the rehearsals with the actors also go over budget and the script is changing constantly. And on like they're trying to preview the show and then fix the show at the same time so that they can actually put it on Broadway because again, the budget just keeps <laughs> going up uh in like the so eventually the critics start putting out reviews of the the previews because the amount of tickets the cost for the tickets are so high and the buzz is so much that they're like look we can't just let people come see this thing when it sucks like we have to put it and there we can't just not do uh, reviews like in good conscience for these people yeah so the show's first performance garnered what was most likely the most press coverage for a first preview in history <laughs> uh and it did have one uh champion glenn beck conservative commentator <laughs> loved the show. that was like when when i was in high school we we had this thing uh <laughs> Where for for econ class where we had to make like little restaurants and and oh. we put it on the quad and like ours made burgers and I was in charge of the Italian sodas but I didn't know how to make Italian sodas and I didn't bother to look it up I just I was just like yeah you put Tarani sauce in fucking club soda and it's fine <laughs> sure. and everybody hated them except for one teacher <laughs> just coming back for more she was like these are so good she was like, horrible I hated her but she she fucking loved my Italian sodas that's Glenn Beck in this story. Yeah. It's in the scathing review of the first version. The New York Times critic Ben Brantley said Spider-Man may rank among the worst Broadway musicals. In his review of the revised version, he said, "So is it? So is this ascent from jaw-dropping badness to mere mediocrity a step upwards?" Uh, well, until last weekend, I would have recommended Spider-Man only to the carrion feasting theater vultures. Now, if I knew a less than precocious child of 10 or so and had several hundred dollars to throw away, I would consider taking him or her to the new and improved Spider-Man. <laughs> so, like, every Which, new go ahead, every, go ahead. every new version, the critics are seeing the thing while it's happening. And they're like, we can't do the second act. Or there was one time where one of the actors got stuck in the aerial harness. <laughs> for like 30 minutes and they couldn't get him down <laughs> and so he was just hanging out up there and they have to and they had to shut it down so the actors the actors hanging up over the audience they continue the show and the actors like this show kind of fucking sucks don't it <laughs> yeah. like, i haven't seen it from this side of it 
in the show in the show's first incarnation the average rating from critics was an f plus while the revised <laughs> version garnered an, an average score of a c plus so that's oh, a, shit. You know, okay okay that's a pretty decent improvement i feel like i'd rather watch an f plus show than a c plus show yeah originally they were going to get evan rachel wood to play mary jane watson and then they were going to Marilyn Manson one letter. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were going to have Alan Cumming play the Green Goblin. I don't know if you know who Alan Cumming is. <laughs> yeah, I do know who Alan yeah. Cumming is. He could, he, could, the, he could Goblin. The production took so long that they both dropped out because they had like they had movies to go do because they couldn't actually get the thing mounted in time. Um, <laughs> probably the worst part is that six people were injured while working on the Spider-Man musical. Uh, <laughs> two stunt doubles were injured after various flying sequences. So the safety inspector of the New York Department of Labor had to come down <laughs> and figure out what was going on and find them $12,000 for safety violations. Um, <laughs> one of Spider-Man's stunt doubles broke both his wrists and another actor had broken both his feet doing the same stunt like a month beforehand. Jesus <laughs> so Christ. It, one of the worst is uh, there was Ryan Tierney was supposed to play Peter Parker and in one of the preview shows. So there's an audience. He fell 21 feet off a piece of the scenery when his harness was not connected to his safety cord and he free falls through the stage and into the orchestra pit. <laughs> and they have to like that happened whoa it, fuck that looked real <laughs> yeah oh spider-man's fucked up bro the and effects then, are so good on this good thing spider-man is impervious to crushing yeah. <laughs> and then this guy came back to the show after he got better like listen he had a contract uh yeah well uh and then another actor who was playing a villain and a spider-man stunt double got pinned under a piece of equipment and suffered like terrible leg trauma. Like the, the this trap door or whatever closed on his leg and they had to fucking shut the show down because they didn't know how to get his leg out. So <laughs> it like, it just, you know, without it sounding uh, too, <laughs> too on the nose, if some productions are snake bit, this thing was spider bit from the start like, <laughs> yeah look at me hell yeah dude yeah. i like that i like that um so they <laughs> while they were doing all that the they did sell like a ton of tickets so the weekending in january 1st 2012 it had the box office record for most sales in one week but uh, the show closed on January 4th, 2014, taking massive financial losses because, again, it costs $75 million to Yeah, and it was probably produce. like it was probably like one of those movies that has a giant opening weekend and then nobody else goes and sees it because everybody comes out and is like, that movie sucked. Like, do not go see that movie. Well, and remember, like the weekly running of this of it was like 1.1 million dollars or something <laughs> so it has to make back its weekly costs plus make back what the investors have already sunk in which is way more than they originally thought like the 
the budget kept ballooning. It was like 25 million, then it was 54 million, then it was 60 million because they kept pushing the dates back because they kept having to change everything because they couldn't get the play to work. Like there's a big set piece where uh, Spider-Man was supposed to be caught in a big web above the audience that they wrote, but they didn't know how to technically pull it off. And then the technical director guy was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> like we, we, we can't do that. And so they had to scrap it. So now they have to think of a new like ending or a new fight to take its place. And uh, I, most of this stuff that I got was from <clears throat> Wikipedia but yeah, there's a YouTube. The Green Goblin looks ridiculous in this thing. <laughs> there's a YouTube uh, uh, performance of it that's up, or at least at one time was up that you could see. It's the um, whole thing. Yeah, at Did least you watch one it? of the. No, I've never watched it, but I <laughs> one of the or it might be one of the preview shows. But somewhere there's like actual footage of it. Yeah, <laughs> dude. The Green Goblin has like spikes all over him. It, it, I bet. I bet this is like. Uh, who was it in in uh, WCW that had the thirty thousand dollar costume that looked like shit? Was it Mortis? Oh no, it was uh, Glacier. Glacier. Yeah. Like oh, uh, the running costs were the, for the show were reported to be about a million dollars a week. Hell yeah, dude! So uh, I, I love disasters. I love like so, just disasters. Well, so think about. If it's a million dollars a week, that means you have to in fifty-two weeks. It costs you have to make more than fifty-two million dollars to cover the cost of this production. Yeah, and like, then and then it, and then you're you start seventy-five million dollars in the hole because you had to pay Bono and the Edge right for the for the songs, and then it doesn't become popular. So nobody's buying the ancillary. Yeah. Nobody's buying the album. Nobody's buying the shirts. <laughs> you know, people are seeing it on a discount because you try because a bunch of the actors were almost crippled. You know, like, and people worked on this for years, like, uh, literal years. It's insane, and it and they just shut it down. And they were gonna take it to Vegas, and then they decided that it wasn't financially viable. <laughs> So essentially they sank all this money into this thing that they can't do anything with. They should make a documentary about this. I, I feel like that would be hilarious. Yeah. Um, so it said that investors were reported to have lost $60 million on the, the various investors on this one thing, you know, and <laughs> so, like, try me a river for, you know, super rich dudes or whatever, but like just, the insanity and um i actually came across this story because i listened to an audiobook that's about this um that i'll get the name of it right now but like the story is way more in depth and way crazier than even this like it's, it says here that uh hold on uh the the on the on on Saturday Night Live a weekend update segment featured Andy Samberg as the fourth understudy, supposedly going in place of the injured Spider Man. Uh, despite failing to do acrobatic flips on the spot, Samberg's character appears quite gung ho about playing the role, telling anchor Seth Meyers, "It's a musical, Seth. It happens. You know how many people die every year doing Jersey Boys." <laughs> 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 and then, and then, uh, then uh, three months later, on February twelfth, twenty eleven, on SNL, there was a commercial parody for a fictional law firm called Gublin and Green, 
that specializes in lawsuits related to turn off the dark. Fred Armisen <laughs> played the lawyer. <laughs> yeah, like the 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 stink of this show and how bad it was and like how all of those all of those production stories got out way ahead of the show. So like it already it was tainted <laughs> from the from the beginning. So like the SNL's running those sketch those sketches before the official show has gone on. Uh, that might have been during previews and stuff, but like there's no real show yet and they're already doing parodies of how bad the show is. Yeah, the Tonys, they got made fun of like crazy at the Tonys too. Uh one if Sean Hayes ran on stage dressed as Spider-Man, struggling comically to sing through the mask. Um Neil Patrick Harris rattled off as many jokes as as he could about the musical in 30 seconds, squeezing in a couple more after the timer ended. Uh, he said, I sent Bono a congratulatory cable, but it snapped. Um, <laughs> a lot of this, this thing ended up just being a massive joke. Yeah. It's uh, the book is called song of Spider-Man by Glenn Berger. One of the guys who wrote, co-wrote the book, uh, the, the musical book with Julie Tamar. So he's got like the inside juice. Cause he worked on it the, the entire way after they kicked out Julie Tamar and brought in, a guy who wrote Spider-Man comics to try to help <laughs> clean it up. And even this guy couldn't get heads or tails of this thing. Like that's hilarious. I love disasters. It, I love, I love people spending a lot of money and losing all losing their ass in, in uh, entertainment. Oh, it makes me happy. Yeah. And just the idea that like, uh, I know it's for the artsy crowd you know, so this lady's like, it can't just be Spider-Man when everybody was literally like, we, we'd be ecstatic if it was just Spider-Man. Yeah, honestly, it should have just been Spider-Man. We just, just been... like Spider-Man. Or actually, side note, don't make a Spider-Man musical for the stage. Yeah. It's about a guy who flies. Right. <laughs> that's, that's a tough, yeah. Like you need a ground, you need a ground-based hero for those, for that sort of thing. You yeah. Know? You can, uh, let's. I don't know. I was going to say, let's make a Batman one, but that seems like it would stink too. It'd be all dark and sad. Yeah. It's, they'd, well, they'd, it's, they'd get Robert Smith to write the music. <laughs> it's tough because you like, you want to add more gravitas to this thing, but comic books are all gravitas anyway. It is big, like Greek myths, you know, in comic book form. So yeah. then you try to outsize what is already an outsized story by bringing in Arachne, the, you know, the, the web, uh, like the web harp lady. And then it turned out like she got cut and then she got brought back in, but now she's Spider-Man's friend instead of his antagonist. And they were like, we don't know what we're doing with this thing, man. Um, so I recommend that book. It was a really fun audio book. Listen, cause it's just like a, as a, person who wanted to write movies or, or be a creative you just feel this guy being like trying to fight with julie tamar essentially about her vision that can't be changed because she's the chick that made the fucking lion king <laughs> and who's going to question her but she's got no grasp on how to make the spider-man thing happen and she yeah. won't take notes well and that's what sucks is like you need a de decisive leader at the front right uh yeah. but if you pick the wrong one oh yeah. oh boy well that's when you get battlefield earth right it's uh and then they got rid of her but now some people loved the arachne thing and they've been paying this actress to be her 
so you don't want to cut her. But then other people are like, we don't know. And then the Edge and Bono are calling all the time with story notes, like they, <laughs> like they write mu- like they write movies, you know. Uh, it's it's fantastic. It's a recipe for disaster. I really appreciate you bringing that to the show. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna try to come up with a with with a weird story next week. Um, I have one in mind, but I got to make sure there's enough. I might talk about Hall of Fame pitcher Rube Waddell. Okay, I'm here for it. Little little taste. Uh, if uh, he was known for uh, a lot of things, but uh, amongst them, if a fire truck drove by the baseball field when he was on the field playing, he would run and chase the fire truck. <laughs> Is it possible? that he could replace Catfish Hunter as my favorite uh baseball player guy. I th- I think it is possible. He is okay. a very he was a very very interesting human being. Uh, so there's it's either that or or well no probably not. Uh, it's probably that because it was either that or Mo Berger, the catcher in the in the MLB who became a spy for the United States during the time of the Manhattan Project. Uh one of the most interesting oh. one of the most in- interesting human beings to ever live. But Rube Waddell is a much funnier story. So right. uh, so we might do Rube Waddell next week. I'll take it. Yeah. That's that's it for that's it for me. Enjoy. Yeah. Uh go find Spider-Man uh Turn Off the Dark on YouTube if you can I will find definitely it. be watching at least some clips. Uh yeah. it, it looks like ass. It looks like ass. It really does. Um it got nominated for like set design shit, but anyway, that was snark marks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You thank you everybody. Who, there you yeah, are. thank you everybody who listens. Uh, thank you for hanging with us. Uh, hopefully, you're finding the new shows funny or engaging or interesting while you, you know, uh, wash your car, paint your deck, whatever it is you're doing. Hopefully, we're soothing tones in the background. Um, and uh, we will be back next week with more stories uh, for both ourselves and the wider world. You know, because there's a lot out there, and we're here to find it at the Snart Marks. We're Renaissance men. <laughs>